Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Mildred. A breeze and pork belly of tea. Warming in cowardly softy. Guardate queste femmine. Guardate cosa son. Guardate cosa son. Hi, this is Mildred Tussoni with Keller Williams Greater Nassau and Jason Marcus with Continental Home Loans. How are you, Jason? I'm good, Mildred. How are you this morning? Good, good. Had a little trouble getting in, but that's okay. It's busy, busy day. Um, I guess the thing that we'd like to speak about this morning is the $8,000 tax credit that can be used for a for closing costs for down payment. So as, if you'll give us the overview on that and how people can use it and what, what it means. Okay. Um, for anybody that understands um, the FHA, it's a government-backed loan. So the FHA almost acts like an insurance company, um, mortgage insurance company in these particular cases. Uh, they're allowing us to do as little as 3.5% down and incorporate just about all closing costs into a mortgage. Now, what they've recently released in the last few days, Mildred, was a plan. It has yet to be implemented, and this will be coming down the, uh, the pipeline, hopefully within the next week or two, um, where they want to set up a system where you can use your tax credit as long as you qualify the 8000 for the actual down payment, which... If you just do the math, um, anything at around $300,000 or, or under will cover the entire down payment. Now, they have yet to come out with the exact legislation on how they're going to go about doing this. My guess is that they're going to set up um, some sort of interest-free note um, to bridge the gap between when the, this actually gets um, – the money for close, uh, you know, the money for your down payment um, until tax season, because obviously the the tax credit winds up coming out in April. So I don't know if they're going to wind up backdating and doing it like and resubmitting 08 returns or um, getting the tax credit and setting up a note until 09. We've only heard um, just the brief rumblings that this is going to wind up being implemented. They, I don't think they maybe even know how. Okay, but it should make, uh, let's, let's do a couple scenarios if you don't mind. And um, I pull, I ask Jason these things, we don't rehearse them, so um, these are some questions that I have as I'm talking to people during the week. Now, two-family homes, that they can still use it on two-family homes. Yes. Uh, no? Yeah, there shouldn't be a reason why they can't use it up to four families. FHA allows you to do one to four families. So mm-hmm. um, once again, I mean, this is really premature in regards to them implementing it. It's just really been almost like a statement released that this is a plan that they're, they're going to implement. But I don't believe they have any idea exactly how they're going to do it just yet. Or if, mm-hmm. they, ha- if okay. they do have an idea, they have yet to let um, anybody in the banks know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, uh, what? A, now you said three hundred thousand. So someone could even a two fifty to three hundred. That would cover their down payment. Then that's what you're saying. Uh, maybe not. Not up to 
300,000. It's going to be somewhere in there. It's whatever 3.5%. I guess 3.5% of uh, of 300,000 is probably almost 10,000. But you get kind of the gist of it. It's probably somewhere in between that two and 300,000. So this will even make it that much easier to getting back to almost kind of doing that 100% financing for people that have a good income. They Maybe they've been knocking off debt with all their excess money. Um, naturally, you still have to qualify, uh, but this will make it so that way uh, they don't have to utilize out-of-pocket money. We also have a couple other ideas um, that us as a mortgage bank have kind of been throwing around in regards to possibly doing the same concept of buying down the interest rate. So let's just mm-hmm. say, for argument's sake, you want to um, – you know you're getting this $8,000 credit. You have access to maybe a family member that can lend it to you for a little while. And this will be more effective as we get closer towards the latter part of the year where there isn't that big of a gap between when you're going to get the $8,000 back versus when you're going to wind up closing on your house. Let's just say for argument's sake you get right in before um, the tax credit is supposed to be done, which is December 1st, and you close, let's just say, at the end of November your first payment's going to be made in January. You might opt to maybe have a family member or even if the FHA allows you to do buy points with it and, and, um, or even the, you know doing this down payment plan and now you've freed up $8,000. let us say you had that $8,000 to put down and now the government's saying, okay, you can utilize this and we'll set it up for you. You can use it as a down payment. Now you have a little bit extra money. You've got this $8,000 liquid maybe you then opt to buy um, one point or two points to buy down the interest rate and actually wind up, you know, getting a half, three-quarters of a percent lower on your rate, which could translate in that fact to $100, $150 of savings um, per month. So that $8,000 over the life of the loan, I mean, you can do the math, Mildred. I'm, you're talking mm-hmm. about saving, like, you know, $30,000 over the life of the loan. So it could, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of different strategies um, that's going to open the window for um, loan originators like myself to strategize plans for people that really could be even that much more cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question of when you're trying to help someone uh, figure things out as far as what they, what they can afford. Now, I have several people who are looking for two families. And they want to have rental, so they'll have rental income on a two-family. And they're coming from Manhattan um, or Queens areas into Nassau. And th- so we know several things. First of all, they'll because they'll be homeowners, they'll have a, a STAR credit, which is the school tax relief um, that usually is uh, around $1,000, a little under little over. Then they'll pay less on their car insurance. They'll um, pay, won't pay city income tax. And how, how do they figure these out from a mortgage perspective of what they want to pay so they cover everything? I mean, first of all, my first question, does the rental income, how does that factor in to you helping them get their mortgage uh, arrangements made. Well, there's two different there's two different ways in regards to uh, depending on what you're doing. 
um, and that we qualify people when you're talking about either investment properties or uh, multiple families. Multiple families is a little bit different than, let's just say, the investment property. Um, let's just say you have a property that you live in, you're moving somewhere, but you're going to keep that particular house. What they'll allow us to do is almost offset your existing mortgage by using 75% of whatever the market rent would be on that house. So for argument's sake, if uh, let's just say you had a $1,500 mortgage on your existing house, and the market value is $2,000 um, for market rent for that property, they'll take 75% of that $2,000, and it'll wind up offsetting that mortgage, making it so you can buy the other house, and it really doesn't weigh against you, your first existing house. Two families mm -hmm. is a little bit different, because what they do is they'll still do that same equation where they'll take 75% of the market income. Okay, so in that same scenario, let's say you're going to get $2,000 for one of the two apartments, one you'll occupy, the other one you're going to wind up renting. They'll take 75% of that number, 1500 but instead of doing what they call a pity deduction, um, knocking part of the mortgage off $1,500, what they do in that case is add it to income. So, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, you don't qualify when you're doing two families and trying to like almost offset the payment a little bit. Um, you're really not utilizing more than probably somewhere in the 30 to f 30 to 40 percentile of what you're grossing in um, rental income. I know it's a little complex, um, but that's a quick rundown on how they wind up qualifying mm -hmm. for one or two families. So your best bet is obviously to have somebody like myself, a professional, figure out the numbers, sit down with you and kind of show you just how these things kind of offset. But it's always, um, when you're out there looking for multiple family, it's definitely advantageous. And even though you might not get credited um, in regards to qualifying, as long as you can qualify for this house, it makes such a big difference somebody who's going to have a $4,000 payment knowing that one of those prop, uh, one of those apartments is going to almost pay for half the mortgage. Right, On paper right. and qualifying, it might not be as... Um, as advantageous, but in the whole scheme of reality, it, it, it can be huge. And, and now my question, because the other factors, the SCAR, not paying income tax, um, if you're working at, you know, in the city, um, so you won't pay the, uh, you know, not commuter tax, but the city income tax, and lower insurance rates. So the best way for someone to plan for that is, to just estimate, get a few insurance quotes, and, and ballpark it for themselves, um, but it won't. That won't affect the mortgage. Anything with the mortgage, correct? It won't affect you, um, the qualify. Like qualifying is qualifying, so obviously you have to qualify. But all those things. It's kind of why I, I use the word the reality of things, because when it comes down to qualifying for it. Um, they have their equations, they have their means, and they right. figure it out to protect themselves as the bank. But in reality, if you're getting $2,000 worth of rent, the bank has to offset these things just for the fact that they have to factor in the possibility that, you know, you might not get a renter or there might be months during the course of the, um, the existence of that loan that the apartment's going to be vacated. So they're going to be a lot more conservative about the approach in regards to qualifying. But as long as you qualify and you get those, um, you can actually get into the house, 
and um, support the mortgage, there's the reality of the case where you will right. have a renter and you're going to get that mm -hmm. money and you're not getting 75% of 2000 you're getting 2000 So it's right. going to go towards paying that mortgage. So I talk to people a lot about these types of purchases and it really, really, really does alleviate um, pressure and allow you to buy a more expensive house by going and doing the multifamily purchasing. There is the risk involved, though, so that's why the banks are a little bit more conservative at the approach of qualifying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think those are, I like that, the uh, reality of things, so that they can, you can get some insurance quotes, see what your tax that, you know, you're currently paying, figuring out the star, and um, using those numbers to, to it just really shows, get a good... It shows the importance of, you know, having um, professionals like your accountant or your mortgage planner or your CPA or your financial planner involved in these things and obviously having the knowledge of um, a realtor who can kind of give you an idea of what a star deduction is going to wind up being, um, an accountant who's going to help you sh uh, see uh, in April what you're going to average um, more now that you're a homeowner back in um, tax return money. Mm -hmm. um, a mortgage planner to help structure the um, monthly budget and structure just your overall budget to figure in the things that a lot of people forget to think about, being your utilities and, you know, miscellaneous things, um, the cost of childcare and those things. All these things all get kind of crunched into your whole financial portfolio, the whole outlook, your monthly payments, your monthly budgets. The more people that you have on the same page to factor in all these things, the more um, successful you're going to be in growing wealth over the course of time if advised properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and, I, and especially if you're trying to buy something right now where the, the prices are so good and with this tax credit and it's you know, used for a down payment, now here's something. Here's a question. If there are some uh, programs uh, in in Queens, Staten Island, Nassau, Suffolk, where you can take some courses and you get um, you can get. I know there's one in Nassau, fifteen thousand down. Uh, if you take some courses, credit courses, and things like that. Can you, if you had something like that and this $8,000 tax credit, you should still be able to use all that, correct? One would, would think that that would wind up being the case. But in, in that situation, if, you can, if you're going to wind up getting one of these, like you're talking about, a grant where it's going to cover your down payment and we can incorporate the closing costs, that also can be used. And I'd probably advise those people to not... You'd only need one or the other because down payments, like we said, three and a half percent on something like at three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars. That fifteen thousand dollar down payment assistance program is going to cover your down payment. So that actually is even more enticing. You get to utilize that, um, obviously incorporate closing costs into the loan, which would basically mean you're not having to utilize any out-of-pocket money. Then, in addition to that since you wouldn't have to utilize it when you got the $8,000 tax credit um, in April, that's probably where I would start having those conversations about possibly utilizing some out-of-pocket money to buy the rate down 
to reimburse mm-hmm. yourself with that money come April. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to do some repairs to the house, you know you're going to get a, some additional money. So with all these different angles and approaches, there is um, starting to open up the door for getting people into houses with just about no out-of-pocket money. So mm-hmm. um, that should help a lot of our first-time home buyers also. Now, we're supposed to be starting, and um, my uh, team at Continental is going to start a series of webinars within the next uh, couple weeks, which I'll keep everybody posted. Um, one of the things I'll wind up doing is an online webinar for first-time home buyers. So that should make it easier. What used to happen in the past, and what most companies wound up doing was try to get people in on a Saturday morning, do um, a PowerPoint presentation somewhere. But, you know, with life, it's tough, and the average person doesn't want to, you know, start sitting there, um, going places to sit and, um, you know, watch a three-hour seminar on their day off. So this is going to bring it in the home. Um, they'll be able to watch it sh- and listen to it streaming line and watch my PowerPoint presentation right on a webinar. Uh, we'll probably start saving these series and making them available um, to download so that way, whenever it's convenient for them, they can kind of go through the process and understand it. And that's just one of a series of different um, webinars we're planning on setting up. Probably have something in regards to reverse mortgages because those have been pretty important lately uh, for the seniors out there that are having some money trouble. Um, Some investor seminars in regards to creating wealth we're going to wind up doing. So I'll keep everybody posted as we start releasing. But the first will be the first time home buyer seminar, which I'm going to wind up doing um, within the next couple weeks. So I'll keep everybody oh, posted on when that is. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Um, could you talk briefly? I know I didn't ask you about this. Could you talk briefly about reverse mortgages? Now, or reverse mortgages, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm not a huge fan. It's really one of these last, last um, option type of programs to me. I'll always exhaust any possibility prior to doing that. But the reverse mortgage basically makes it so that way people, and as it's a sliding scale also, the older you are, the more they're going to wind up giving you because the chances are that, you know, unfortunately, eventually, yes. most people obviously pass away. Right. Uh, there's nothing we can do about that yet. <laughs> so um, the closer you are, um, as you get into your upper 60s, 70s, the more they'll relinquish to you. But what it is is the bank is basically selling you your own house back or buying your own house back um, Mm -hmm. from you. So let's just say, for argument's sake, you're a senior, you're 65 years old, and you're having a tough time paying your bills, but you have a ton of equity in the house. Maybe the house is even paid off. What they'll allow you to do is they'll make it so that way you don't have to make any monthly payments. They themselves will pay you on a monthly basis in certain cases, or you can take out a lump sum no matter, depending on what you qualify for. But it makes it so that way you don't have to spend any more out-of-pocket money. Um, You just kind of get a growing balance um, versus your principal as draws or monthly payments are provided for you. They'll cover paying the taxes and the insurance on the property, and it'll just continue to be a running balance. So somebody who has a half a million dollars of equity in their house, um, but they're having problems because Social Security and a pension is not really covering the day-to-days, 
this will make it so that way the mortgage will get paid for and they'll get spending money on a monthly basis. Like I said, well, it's it one ends. of those... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to uh, say... So does it ever run out? Sorry. <laughs> does it ever yeah, run I mean, out? I mean, they the way they have it situated, um, it usually doesn't. Just because... Uh, okay. In this market, it's been a little bit trickier just because um, values are depreciating, but they keep a huge buffer of equity in that house. So it usually won't hit a max. I guess in certain specific cases it could, but generally they set it up so it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, because I know, you, you know we see commercials on that and people don't really know. Um, it's just Let me a ask you a question. With, uh, it's, it's just costly. That's, that's the biggest problem um, in regards to the reverses. It's, it's a little costly, and you've got to keep in mind, it's, it's generally, I try to set it up for those people that maybe don't have um, kids that are going to wind up eventually getting into the estate. I, I generally will try to situate other products and other thoughts and ideas on how to relinquish money without getting into reverses for people that are going to eventually leave things to children. It's more for mm -hmm. those people that it's either a very dire situation or um, they don't have any family members that they're overly concerned with, you know, giving the house to after they're gone. Mm -hmm. uh, let me ask you, you mentioned investors. You want to, what if you have a couple of um, single people or couples and they want to buy something as an investment. Um, does that make it any trickier if they're not related? Um, are there, is that a, is it, will they qualify for some, you know, an investor? I guess not the first time home buyer. Maybe talk about that. Uh, no, it doesn't matter what it comes down to um, investment buying. You can buy it with whomever you'd like. None of that's a problem. You obviously have to qualify. Um, for to cover the payment, and in a lot of cases, like I was saying before, um, uh, most people need to offset the mortgage, and there's those equations to figure out how to do that. But there's no specific rules to people needing to be related. Uh, most of the time, when they buy investment properties, what myself and the accountant suggest, especially your investor buyers, we usually, after we close on those mortgages, um, put them into LLCs. Um, limited liability corps, corporations. The reason why we do that is, God forbid, anything happens in a specific one specific house, your mm -hmm. the rest of your portfolio is protected. For example, if you own three investment properties and you set them each up in a separate corporation, if for some reason you have an incident in the home where um, you're getting legal action taken against you, that person won't have the ability to come after the other assets that you have. Oh, okay. So that's one of the um, tricks to the trade on uh, where me and an accountant usually will get involved and explain this to an investment buyer to uh, protect them in those uh, rare instances where there's going to be an issue legally. Yeah, and you never know these days. You never know. Um, okay, any other interesting things this week that um, well, might, have, might have... Go ahead. We, keep, we continue to see, as I've discussed before, um, every time the interest rates start to rise, um, the government keeps on 
going in and buying mortgage-backed securities, which if you've listened to prior shows, you'd know that um, this is what drives interest rates down. It's these purchasing of these mortgage-backed securities on the secondary market, which um, keeps almost the government control on keeping interest rates low. What I have been realizing, and as the economy continues to grow, um, now well into the 8,000s on the Dow, is that there's a very, very, very good chance um, by the end of this year when the government stops buying these mortgage-backed securities and the market starts to um, just kind of flow on its own, you're going to start to get back into those mid-fives, upper five, six percent interest rates. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is if you're sitting there on the fence and you're thinking of buying to make sure you get that done before this year is over. Because these interest rates right now, they're not, it's not real. It's, it's really just being manipulated by the government by them purchasing these securities. So really, if you're one of those people that think, I'm waiting for the bare bottom of a real estate market um, and we haven't hit there yet, if the government opts to stop buying these securities, which most likely they will just based on what we're seeing in regards to the slow recovery of this economy, Take advantage now, because if yeah. this is going to be gone, you may never see this again. Yeah, definitely. So, um, well, we look forward to your uh, webinars. Uh, I think that's really the way to go for people to get the most information when it's convenient. Like you say, you just don't have time to set out a chunk. This way you can sit when you can be relaxed and um, get the information because there's so much that uh, so much information there and it, relating to your specific uh, situation and uh, definitely like you say mortgage accountants professionals um, it's attorneys a good attorney for once to look over the contract to protect you through through the closing um, it makes such a difference and um, so I thank you very much. I think we've almost run out of time, and um, so we're, we'll um, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Mildred. I hope you have yeah. a great week. Good. You too. Bye.